you've heard it before, you can go, you can give, or you can pray. As we talk about the Great Commission and these three categories of uh, people and where you fit in each one, is it really a matter of semantics or have we altered the way in which we see the Great Commission from how Christ actually commanded it? My name's Damon Matichera. Let's talk missions. So I think we can all remember that time, maybe it was during a missions conference uh, or just at church in general, uh, and you hear the preacher get up and they talk about how everyone can have a part in spreading the gospel and doing uh, what they can do to reach the lost at home and around the world. And inevitably, it always comes down to these three categories of people and how you can be a goer, you can be a giver, or You know, at the very least, you can pray. Uh, You know, I think in an effort to make everyone just feel involved, the church has allowed people to pick and choose the extent and part that we feel comfortable with. You know, you can go and be active. Uh, You can give and send the few to make disciples of all nations. Uh, Or you can pray. At the very least, you can just pray and support the cause. You know, believers now uh, feel that they can do their part and making disciples of all nations by simply showing up at church. But really, is that what it's all about? Is that the extent and role of of really living out our faith and doing our part to make disciples is just coming to church and equipping and empowering people to to do uh, the mission work abroad, which, hey, I think is a great thing. I mean, everything that we do in missions today around the world is funded by, by people, by individuals and churches, and none of it could be done without the generosity and love from people here stateside. And so I don't want to undervalue, and certainly I'm not trying to undervalue uh, people's part in giving. But inadvertently, I think we've done more harm than good with this cliche mentality where you can go or, or you can give or, at the very least, you can pray. I think the American church might not recognize their role outside of funding missionary efforts abroad. And we end up undervaluing prayer and the part that it plays at home and around the world. So there are a few challenges in the church depending on which side of the Great Commission you're on. Uh, you know, in Africa, one of the big challenges that we have is and helping the church not, not think of themselves as the end-all in the mission process. You know, when the missionary comes and the missionary is preaching and teaching and discipling, um, and they know that the missionary was sent from abroad, uh, they just kind of get this mentality of, you know, they are here, the missionary is here to give, and we are here now to receive. Um, and they look at even uh, the responsibilities of believers in that same light. You know, that's why the missionary is here. He's here to disciple. He's here to evangelize. You know, this mentality breeds a sense of entitlement, and the local people become takers and not givers of the gospel message. 
Um, when I first saw this kind of creeping up in the church that we were starting, um, we had to do something to combat it. Uh, and, you know, the offerings that were coming through that, that little church, they were really small. Hardly, I mean, a dollar or two every week. Um, but, you know, we took a percentage of that. And, you know, another missionary in a different province had a guy that he had trained and he had sent out almost like as a missionary. And we kind of got on board with that and we sent our dollar or two to this guy um, because I didn't want the people to to think that everything just kind of ended with, with them right there in their little church and their little village. They had to realize that they were part of something bigger, that our responsibility was to go out and to reach people even right there in Zambia. They had that personal responsibility. We want to teach the people that, and that's what we're expected to teach as missionaries, is that we all have a personal responsibility to make disciples of all nations. Now, on the flip side of that coin, uh, the issue with the American church is that uh, they feel that their responsibility is to exclusively send missionaries to accomplish the goal of making disciples to make disciples of all nations. It's their role to finance and support. Uh, like I, I said earlier, um, I don't, I'm not trying to undervalue this because without the financial support of churches, you know, there, there is no missions program. And so, but my question here is, uh, is that the only responsibility? Is that the sole responsibility of our American faith community to simply to be the financial backing of the missions movement, okay? We would never look at the African church and think that they were exempt from living out their faith, from making disciples of their own, okay? The financial support of many of our stateside partners, uh, it's contingent on whether we are equipping and empowering these African believers to reach their own people, and, you know, we shout amen and we get excited when we hear of a missionary uh, explaining the ways in which their disciples are making converts with their own people. But meanwhile, a vast majority of, of believers in America have never discipled one person. And so the danger that we're facing right now is we've assigned certain aspects of the Great Commission to some, but not to others. Who's exempt from living out their faith? Uh, you may not be called to full-time Christian service, but you are called to be a full-time Christian. And the last I knew, the Great Commission was a command given to all believers. All followers of Christ are commanded to go and to make disciples. So as we start off and look at the first category, uh, these people that are going, uh, you know, we have to read Matthew 28 where it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, I want you to notice right here that there is a personal responsibility on you. Jesus said, Go ye therefore. Okay, teach all nations. Teach them to observe all things. What things? Well, the things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he says, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Okay, this is a command. This is a call to action that really Christ is giving to every believer. We can't delegate it just to people that are going to the regions beyond. And certainly it, it applies. 
but I think it also applies to us right here at home in the United States of America. Even though you may be part of an established faith community, I think we have the responsibility to still make disciples. You should be in your church, involved in ministry, active, and making disciples. You should have people that you're trying to influence, uh, people that you're trying to help grow in their faith. What are we thinking when we hear these words of Christ, when Jesus is telling us that we should be going out? Have you considered that maybe Jesus is talking to you? The early church definitely thought so. I mean, when they heard these words, they actually took it as a personal responsibility that was meant for them. And they went out, they went around, they tried to encourage and to influence others to follow Jesus. Now, why would it be any different for us in the 21st century? How is it different and why uh, would this call to action only be applied to you know a church's paid staff when this is really something that applies to every child of God? I think we've moved so far away from Jesus's command that many Christians don't have a frame of reference for what obeying it means and what following Jesus actually looks like. It's not about, you know, discipling and going through a program, but this mission really should define our very lives. That's why we're here. That's what the purpose of the church is. It's to equip God's people to minister, to go out and to make disciples. But, you know, we always make excuses and we can come up with a lot. And that's the thing. I mean, if you want to make an excuse for why you shouldn't be involved, well, you're going to find an excuse. I've heard so many. I've heard people say, well, I'm too busy at work. Or, you know, someone has to, to fund the missions program. I mean, we can't all be going. I mean, because then who would be back home doing the sending? And I think that's the where it gets wrong in our mind because we're immediately thinking that going means we have to go outside our culture. We need to go to a different country. We have to go to Zambia, Africa. <laughs> hey, and if God is calling you to Zambia, Africa, that would be amazing. I would be thrilled for you. But maybe he wants you to be making disciples right there in the United States. When it says to go and to make disciples, where it says that we should be teaching these people to observe all things that he has commanded us, that means right where we are. You should be in your local church making disciples right here in the United States. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how busy we are or what kind of work we have or whether we feel called to minister or not. We all have a responsibility as followers of Jesus to follow Jesus and to, and to encourage other people to follow Jesus as well and to inspire others in that way. You know, a lot of people, especially young people, they look at me and they say, Damon, I could just never do what you do. Uh, and again, it goes back to everyone thinking that to go means that you have to go to, man, the, those regions beyond. You have to be dealing with the snakes and with the crocodiles and the lions and the hippos, uh, all of that. And, and you know what? It's an amazing life. I love what I do in Africa. Um, and I look back at the, the last 21 years, and it has been such an amazing journey. But what I do in Zambia, Africa, uh, has 
it doesn't have more greater value than what you should be doing stateside. Uh, you should still be involved in that discipleship making process in the same way that I am involved in that that process, you know, 8,000 miles away. Who is exempt from this command in following Jesus and trying to influence this generation to do the same? To go is a command that's meant for everyone. This is your responsibility. Being a disciple maker means that you're going to do everything that you can to influence the world around you, to influence these people to follow Christ as well. I mean, it was Paul that said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, who is following you? Who are you encouraging to follow Christ? Is anyone able to follow you? And are you encouraging others as well to do the same? God has called you for this purpose. This is a call to action. And it's one that we need to take seriously. We need to take literally. The words of Christ that he spoke 2,000 years ago are just as real and just as relevant for us today. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're based stateside, you're probably already giving to help foreign missions around the world. And that's great. Uh, it is such an amazing thing to partner uh, with missionaries to spread the gospel where Christ is not known, where he's not preached, uh, where the gospel is not being proclaimed. But remember that you also have a responsibility to make disciples right there in your local church. Uh, even in the United States, if we neglect to make disciples in our local churches stateside, then one day we're going to wake up and find that we have a generation in our churches that really don't know the Lord and have never decided that they're going to follow him. So the danger with considering yourself part of this category number two, that being a, a giver and a sender, is that you might end up feeling exempt from the ministry side of things just as we've been talking about. But you can't forget that without people that are giving to world evangelism, missionaries can't live and work abroad. The other danger is that we're creating a system that values the contributions of some over others, a system where, you know, the best thing you can do is to go, and then if you can't go, well, then you can give. If you can't give, well, at least you can pray. And and really, we can't... We're, we can't undervalue giving. We can't undervalue those that are giving. Um, and we can't undervalue those that are in prayer over the great work that's going on at home and around the world. Remember, there's a lot of legitimate people that are just not able to move around, whether through old age, disabilities. But we all have a part in the Great Commission, and we're all to give. Giving of our time, our money, our very lives as we give to the cause of Christ. You know, giving brings ownership. Uh, and if you feel that you have a part in what's going on in the ministry, then you're going to want to be a part of what's happening in the ministry. Uh, in Zambia, you know, we're always trying to reinforce this sense of ownership with the people. We, we want them to look at the church as their church, not like a foreign entity that has come to take over. You know, we want them to look at the ministry as... Uh, them fulfilling the commands that Christ has given them and to their people. Uh, but what happened was we were going on furlough, we left, and we had found out that the people had received visitors from different villages. And as these people came to church, 
they were run off. Basically, they had come and they were told, saying, hey, uh, you're not from our village. This is our church. You need to get your own church. You know, go back to your village and, and find out what you can do there. But this is our ministry. And, you know, I know that ownership is great, but, you know, our people had taken it to a whole new level. We had to come back and just explain to them that we're in this together, that the gospel is for everyone. It's not just for, you know, you and your village and your family, but we want everyone, as many as possible, to be involved in the Great Commission. We're a team. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say with this podcast, is that it's not that we're all divided into three categories. You can go, you can give, or you can pray, but rather we all should go, whether abroad or at home. We all should give, uh, whether financially or our very lives uh, or whatever God has given us. And most definitely, we all should be praying. We should be praying for each other. We should be praying for the work. We should be praying for our pastors. Uh, We should be praying for the churches around America. Uh, But we can't look at prayer as the least valued uh, contribution that you can give to the Great Commission uh, because that would be terrible. There are so many times when we are in Zambia and we're going through life and death situations. And one of the things that we, uh, that we love and that gives us so much comfort is knowing that people are praying for us. We don't undervalue prayer. Uh, if we undervalue prayer, then we must not believe in it because we can have all the money in the world. We can have all the manpower in the world. But if we don't have God working on our behalf, then all of our efforts will be in vain. Uh, It doesn't matter if we have ownership or not. It doesn't matter uh, who is contributing and what we're doing. Without God uh, working alongside of us, everything we're doing will be in vain. So don't ever excuse yourself from ministry just because you're giving and you are helping finance different projects around the world. Remember that there are people right where you live that need to hear the gospel message. Be all in and commit to serve Christ faithfully right where you are. I want to give you an example that I found in a book that I was reading a while back. Uh, Being a missionary, we travel a lot. We travel uh, via air. And so we spend a lot of time on airplanes. Uh, Going to Africa, it's like sometimes a 45-hour trip. Um, And so it's, it's brutal. But, you know, the airplane, as it's on the runway, it's getting faster and it's getting faster uh, as it's preparing to take off. And it reaches a certain speed where the pilot has to shout out V1. And V1 indicates it's reached the point of of no return. Uh, It's going to take off or you're going to crash. You can't slow down. You can't put on the brakes. And so the pilot has to make the decision, are we going to stop this takeoff, or are we going to crash, or are we going to actually lift off into the air? And, you know, with this example, uh, it kind of depicts the Christian life. We all in our lives need to reach that point where we make the decision that we are all in, that we are going to commit. Uh, We're going to do or die. You know, as the saying goes, ours is not to reason why, Ours is but do or die. And so we're going to take off or we're going to die trying. And that's kind of what happens when when an airplane is going down that runway. It reaches that critical point where a choice has to be made. And you know, the choice has to be made with you. 
Uh, and today I want to encourage you to perhaps evaluate your life, uh, what you're living for, and how far you're going to go for the cause of Christ. You have no idea what will come from the investment that you're making in the lives of those around you and what they're going to go on to do as they obey the call of God in their own lives. Pray and ask God what he wants you to do and uh, how he wants you to serve him. God has a plan for you, and his will is for you to go, to give, and to pray, to do all three as we serve him together and as God gets the glory in and through our lives. Thank you again for tuning in to the Let's Talk Missions podcast. Uh, I'm really thankful that you've joined us today. Um, and really everything that we've been talking about is just a little bit of our life and a few of the lessons that we've learned along the way. Uh, my family and I have been working in Zambia, Africa for the last 21 years, and it's been really such a privilege such a joy to be able to go to a different culture and learning a different language, uh, to go where Christ is not known and to make converts and start churches and make disciples. Uh, it has been such a joy. If you'd like to learn more about our family and uh, our ministry, go to our website at hopezambia.com. We're also on Facebook. Um, and then obviously you're tuning in on one of the podcast platforms. If you can go ahead and give us a five-star rating, that would be wonderful as we move forward. Uh, but we're really excited about this podcast. We're heading back to Zambia February 28th. And so we're going to do our very best to try to be more frequent with uh, each episode. Um, but we do ask for your patience as we are traveling a lot and going in and out. Um, we're going to be probably more stable once we get back uh, in Africa. But we'll do our best and we'll move forward together as we learn about missions uh, and as we join the discussion talking about the Great Commission and our role in it. So from all of us in the Medicare family to all of you, wherever you may be, God bless and have a great day.